it's your 20. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for cocktails? Cool. Characters. And the explosive. Relationships. You'll only find in cocktail. Well, rhythm. Your blenders. Four. An earful of cocktail. There's a place. The world's most popular cocktail podcast. That's where you want. Fans of cinema cocktails will find much like that is if you're not some no good yuppie breaker breaker good buddy expect in-depth analysis breaking news about the cast and crew a little barman poetry and we'll even have a few of Coglin's laws Coglin's law never show surprise never lose your cool Hello and welcome to an earful of cocktail. Hello, welcome to earful of cocktail. This is the place where you get your cocktail fill by us, but not literal cocktails. We're talking about the 1988 movie cocktail, cocktail. and not your little fill either. Not literal fill either. We're talking yeah. about fill, filling Hellmuth. up your mind with information about the 1988 movie cocktail. In in particular, the 14th five minutes of the movie cocktail. Directed by uh, Roger Donaldson, made in 1988. Were there any notable fills involved with this film? That's a great question. I have an answer for you. Do you want the answer? I do. Well, isn't that great? Uh, the answer for you on the question, is there a notable fill, is there was not. <laughs> there were no notable fills. Uh, on the entire it's good to full, check in sometimes. The full cast and crew, yeah. zero fills. Zero, wow, no fills worked on this. Really? Yeah, it's a it's a it union. Phil is a common name. You would think there'd be at least one Phil that would work on this movie. You know union rules. Oh no, it was it was it a no Phil movie? I believe it was uh, yeah, no no Phil Ooh, set. Ooh, that can happen. That can happen. Uh, okay, so what we're here to do is we are here to break down the the fourteenth fourteenth five minutes. That appears to be what my what my that's your watch MP four file. Yeah, my watch. Check my watch. Five oh three, five oh three means fourteenth. Very good. The 14th five minutes of the movie Cocktail Many from say the it's year. the best five minutes of the movie Cocktail. 1988. I, I don't know. We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. We're about to see it. You're about to see it with us. I'm just referencing uh, common wisdom. By the way, yes. is this fan too loud? There's a fan blowing in my face. No, the I've... fan is great. We, we want as many fans as we can get on this show. I think this fan is too loud, and it's blowing into the <laughs> No, it's not loud. It's just, you just think it's unpleasant. There's a difference. Great. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, you can you can dr- dial the fan down to one if you'd like, but I think, I'd request that we don't turn the fan off, because it's a hot day out there. It's a hot day today, in case you haven't uh, so, so to give you one, been outside today. one early bite of what you'll get in this mm, episode. I love an early bite. Here's what we like to call key line pie. Yes, this is where we talk about the key line of the show and today's key line well here we so first of all we i just swapped them i just you oh whoops okay well yeah. good thing i didn't read what i just had on this paper okay if in doubt don't read if in doubt don't read that's that's a lesson for life all right so we've we've exchanged papers yeah and now we're going to read the key line from so I, these five minutes so we'll show it to each other make sure it's pointing up it's is it no, yours nope. is upside down. Flipping it around. Okay, it? ready? Yours is very much up. Yes. Okay. Okay. Three, Three two, one. one. Haven't got this one badly. party broken yet. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. 
Okay, let's read those one at a time. That was very confusing. Yeah, we didn't want to figure this out. Is simultaneous the best? Because if it's simultaneous, hits, is definitely the best. Yeah, okay. but then we also need to read them individually, or it's not big waste of time. But okay. you, you're right. It'd be way more efficient to both just talk at the same left time. Left channel, right channel. We'd be, be very. Yeah, we should. Ooh, that's a good idea. We could do one that. of us in the left channel, one of us in the right channel. We could actually just talk about two totally different things, and yeah. then we could do this show in an hour. Absolutely, that's very good. good. We can do multiple movies at once. Okay, let's read them one at a time. Are you ready? Sure. Three. Two, one. Haven't got this one party broken yet. Everything ends badly. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. I, I will say this: this is a line I remember not at all from the movie the first time I watched it. But this is one of the lines that everyone on Twitter is constantly quoting. Is it an original line from this movie, or, or is that a common saying that this movie adopted? I am pretty sure that it, it was written for this movie. Wow, little, little Haywood Gould original. Yeah, right off the Gould. Hot off the Gould. Hot off the Gould. Uh, very good. No, I actually, I also had an alternate line that I'd like to read. No. Please. Abs- absolutely not. What, what, what are you trying to pull? I here? have an alternate line that I, I sometimes I have more than one line that I want to. Well, that's why that I, that I like to. I. I that's why I they have pass a, the big bucks to make these arduous choices. Well, uh, just one more, one more key line. Under protest, you may. Under read protest. It. What are we playing musical highballs here? It's a very good line. It's a good line. I almost did that one, but anyway, you were, um, you were not tempted by having got this one party broken yet. I was tempted by this, but this is a line did. that everyone talks about. Yeah, I mean, no, the party broken one kind of just, I just that one I I did not pick a, up on. It was over I mean, your I, head. no, I, it was over my head. It was it was I'm making the gesture of it was over my head. So yeah. Anyway, so we're going to talk about this five minutes. Before we do that, though, we have some news to get to. There's news I can some, use? Some some news you can use. Some feud news. Oh, feud news. I didn't even bring this up. Uh, yeah, so uh, so uh, little... What's his, what's his name what's, again? Little what's his name? I, I, I care about him so... Uh, Clinty boy. Clinty boy. He's Clint. He's now, now dead to me. Dead Elko to us. Go Hollywood Clint. So, he, yeah. so here's... Okay, so, so we... If you were tuned in for last episode, you will remember, at the end of the episode, we wrote a little email... To it was little but grand. Little but grand to Clint, like and, a baby grand piano. Yes, and we it was, and it was a baby. And email. we took issue with Clint's incorrect recipe for the dirty Lyle. He was an error. It was an error. Uh, it was a drink from Convoy that he yeah. misinterpreted. And I'm actually more uh, just outraged that he thought he could analyze Convoy in one hour. He would. He could not. No, he, he did a very bad job. Let's and be clear. Yes, that's very clear. So so we decided to start up a feud, which we've done before, and it's worked out well in the past. Last time it resulted in us getting the DVD commentary authors on the show. Most of them. Uh, Most of them. We got, the, we got the cool ones. We got, yes. Oh, the best the best bros. I mean, Garner Simmons, he is... He's, he's Gogar. His, I, he knows so much, but he's in his high lofty tower, whereas yes. some of the dog bros, they like to, you know, reach out to the, to the everyday people like us. Yes. So, so, so we thought maybe this will result in some something. I mean, I don't know that we wanted to hang out with the alcoholic. I absolutely did not. Okay, from well, I mean, start, <laughs> yeah. from the start, I mean, I only, I don't really know what the key was here, uh, but we said, why not have a feud? Why not have a feud? It's so we put feuds. we put Clint's picture on the website as we do for all feuds, and this was on the convoy and the cocktail website because yes. this is a cocktail-based feud about convoy. Yes, it's very appropriate for both, and we reached out to Clint with a little email. Which we read last episode, so I won't reread it. Yeah. Listen to last episode. Listen uh, to last episode. 
And then Clint responds very soon. So we, we wrote this email on July 28th at 6.56 p.m. We get a response from Clint same day, July 28th at 8.40 p.m. He overnighted this. And yes. And what does he say? He says, them's fighting words, Haas. What must we do to squash the squishiest of beefs? Sounds like this guy, he's got a lighthearted attitude and he's willing to play ball. Exactly. So it sounds like he's into it. I mean, it's maybe not like the funniest joke, but like it's fun. But we're not he's funny either. Play- so we're not funny either. He's yeah. playing along. This is great. Okay. So then then we have a little sidebar and you say he has to drink a real dirty Lyle. To me, you tell me that he has to drink a real dirty Lyle. I agree. And then what I do is I reply... From my real name, this is the point where we break the the facade of being the earful of convoy staff, and we say no. You drop your Alan Joyce uh, nom de plume. And I use yes. your real name, which we never say on the air. Yes, and yeah. we exact never. I would never say my real name on the yeah. air. So so I reply as Alan Joyce, and and I say the recipe, and I and I link the I hyperlink, if you will. Ooh. Yes, uh, the the word recipe to earful of convoy.com slash cocktails which if you've been following along is a page that just shows the dirty lyle so that's great so i link to that i say the recipe is simple drink one real dirty lyle and report back reference material attached cheers alan and mark so, so, we, so we're posing is, a challenge what i really want it'd be nice to get a review from him to post onto the cocktail page of the convoy website that'd be great i can tell you that's not going to happen based well, on where I, this ended up i mean but, i think i think it has but well yeah that might well okay we'll see so we and i attach an image a screenshot of the scene where dirty lyle and convoy is drinking the dirty Lyle. okay clint then responds so then so this is at this is at 8 50 p.m that i respond so soon after i mean this is 10 minutes after he had responded to us you know i respond back and i say i say that i tell him what he has to do then we get another email july 29th so this is the next day at 12 and this is on a cocktail anniversary day putting you know huge i mean yeah. we were partying all day yes we were we we're out with uh tom tom cruise we're out to, with roger roger donaldson of course and just, yeah, just big day big, big 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 30th day. yeah yes so we so he responds next day so 12 37 p.m right and and so this is midday and so i'm thinking maybe he's like sobered up a bit and he's and he's kind of coming to terms with what's with what's involved here. Well, this here's what happened: yeah. is he never clicked through, and then he clicks through to our website and sees his <laughs> face there, and he gets freaked out. <laughs> yes, that may have happened. That may have happened. Is that, so, I mean, that's perfectly legal, though. He's a public figure. He is a very public figure. Where it's called parody. It is. It's called parody. It's called fair use. It's called fair use of of fair use of imagery. Fair use of parody. Okay, it's called Faraday. Faraday. David Faraday. Okay, so so then he, so he responds. This is his new response from the next day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Alan, drank it. You win. I'm dead, and now a ghost with the ability to email. And then he okay. writes. So, so sure. And then he writes. Would it be? I want to try and do my best Clint impression. Would it be? Would, would it? Would it be possible? <laughs> would it be possible to please take my picture off your website? 
It's like this guy doesn't know the rules of feuds. If you finish the feud, then the picture goes away. Absolutely. All you have to do is finish the feud. The pictures yeah. go away, yeah. just like the Dog Bros. The dog Bros also were a little freaked out about having their images on our website. But, but they, that's but how you get a response. That's how it's you get a response. Hashtag and engagement. they were cool with it once we explained what was going on and cool. everything was fine. And they were cool, bros. Is- Clint is not cool. Okay. Would it be possible to please take my picture off your website? I'm not super comfortable with the idea that a stranger put up a picture of my face context and link free on their website in the context of a stunt i wasn't consulted about beforehand hope you understand thanks i do not understand we didn't understand link i don't think a link would make it better i don't know that a link would make it well i mean i guess we could have hot linked the image yeah yeah so then, so then I respond. I mean, at this point, it's but, like, okay, clearly this is not going can I anywhere. Something to you, yeah. Uh, is he now the cat bro? The cat bro? Yeah, because I don't want to call him by his name. I'd rather call him the cat. The bro. cat, bro. okay, cat, cat bro. Yeah. C W. Cat, 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 will bro. Why'd you say W? C because his initials are C W. Oh, yeah. Okay. C dubs. Cat, cat, bro. Uh, I've so also, I've already expunged his 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 name from my brain. Okay, name brain. So then, so then I respond and say, "Very well, Clint. Let's resolve this feud. We will remove the picture from the feuding section." No, that's a, no, ten for over and out, Alan ca- and Mark. Who cares about that email? Who cares about that email? At this point, it's all for nothing, and of course, we remove the image and whatever. But here's the thing: we are, I would say, ninety nine percent certain that Cat Bro did not he drink did this not drink. He did not he drink did not this drink. drink. He it. says he drank it. Yeah. He did not drink he lied it. To There's us, no way he acquired Everclear and lemonade in, in 12 hours. Well, and if he did have it, I don't think he put the effort through because he didn't say anything interesting about it. He said nothing about it. Okay, so by the way, he is dead to us. Uh, yep. It's very bad. Uh, oh, yeah, so we're, we can't tell you to do anything because it's a free country, but uh, as always, you have the right to give us a positive review on iTunes, and you have a right to give him a negative review because I think that he That's has... That's fair. He's a liar. He's a fink. Uh, let's be clear. Uh, and here's our famous theme song. Somewhere, where is it? There it's it is. My finger. Yeah, wow, that's a different CD player. Uh, okay, um, so this is where we do corrections. This is where we do corrections. Uh, so here is a correction for you. I only have one. Yeah. Um, if I ask you, where do you go to have to see yourself to experience the uh, hottest dance vibes in the world? The club in the Jamaica. Most, the most intense dance vibes. Yeah, you think you go to Jamaica for most intense dance vibes uh, to go to the dance cave, right? Yeah, yeah, dance cave. Is that what it's called? The dance cave. Yeah, it was right on the wall. Dance cave. Dance cave. What a what a yeah. That's a perfect place to so dance. So here's the question: uh, Dance cave. Yep. It is real. It exists. It's in Toronto. Whoa! That makes sense. And we movie filmed in Toronto. We really this movie is great for seeing the sights of Toronto. I mean, I want to go to Toronto now. I want to see. I want to see the Jays and then see the Dance Cave. Yes. Um. So. Is it still there? The Blue Jays. Yeah, they're still there. 
No, well... No, the, the, yeah, the, the schedule's online. You can go there. Check it out. Okay. I mean, the dance cave is an operating music club. Above is Lee. it? It's wow. like a place called Lee's, I believe. Uh, so Lee's, I, Lee's Dance Cave? I mean, I thought of uh, the parts filmed in Jamaica. I wasn't on the lookout for uh, Toronto scenes, and we missed that one. But here's a correction. Okay. Very good. All right, all right. That mu- you know that music. Uh, it sounds like the uh, spoilers are on the loose. Sounds that- like, sounds like we may have let something out. And I believe it's the spoilers. Uh, this is where we let. Uh, well, this is where someone, not to point any fingers, lets the spoil. I love that trumpet. Uh, and without any for what? Are I'm, you, I'm, I, I, I feel very accused right now. I'm pointing I, fingers. I feel putting. I feel put on the spot. Uh, but without further ado, this is a summary of what you're going to see um, in this five minutes of the uh, movie cocktail, 1988. Was there another movie cocktail of a different year? Oh, I'm, I mean, sure, yeah. I'm not so sure. Okay, well, we're going to look this up. Is now. this is this really something that's taken us this long to check? Well, we immediately figured that out for uh, was movie in more exact title matches. There is a movie 1937 called Cocktail. Wow, the 1937 was that? It's a it's a Danish movie. Ooh, starring Christian Arhoff, Ludwig Brandstrup, Lillian Doris. Classic a, precursor. Is that was yeah. that that was the prequel? It was a prequel. 74 minutes. That's a nice short film. It's yeah. a movie about Brian Flanagan in the army. It's Brian Flanagan in the early Danish years. Uh, <laughs> he was deployed to uh, Denmark. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he was he was trying to prevent Hitler, and he failed miserably. Uh, surprised at the response, Flanagan asked what the difference was, seeing that she was the boss. She pitches him to the thought that even if he waited six months it would have been impossible for anyone to get rid of the fact that he was the youngest sales manager in the business. That's not really what she says, but uh, picking her up in the evening and heading to the art exhibition, Bonnie fails to even introduce him to her friends and instead only asks him to take her coat, something that seems to displease Flanagan. He moves around the gallery. That's good. That's that's I mean, actually that's actually picking up on like what's nuances. Not just, yeah, yeah, it's unspoken. That's yeah. an unspoken nuance. So yeah. th- th- this guy watched the movie. 
because we thought that he only unless he got a hold of like the screenplay that includes this as as you know well originally it's subtitles of just explaining <laughs> why this was an insult to him um that's interesting he moves around the gallery exhibition having one drink after another Brian Flanagan gets into a fight with the sculptor of the art pieces under exhibition, pushing him over his own art pieces. <laughs> that is what he does. Flanagan leaves the exhibition and meets Bonnie out later. He tells her he had moved his belongings out of her apartment that afternoon. They then end their relationship as a result of the misunderstandings. <laughs> bes- 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 That's a very perfunctory way to say yeah, it's good. No, it's good. I'm, it's a great summary. They, they, they sever the relationship, despite Bonnie offering to give him job interviews the next morning. After leaving, Brian goes to the restaurant where Jordan worked, mm. and that uh, and that's, that is the cliffhanger. It is. We're we're Ooh. dangling. We'll All dangle. right, that has been who let the spoilers out? Who let the spoilers out? I don't know actually. I'm gonna say you did. You're taking no responsibility for the I'm, spoilers being I never take responsibility for anything, really. I thought it was always we let the spoilers out. It's just me. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I, I let the lambs and the clover out. Much better. Okay, are you ready to sink? Wow, that we're going, we're going well, what, what lightning you, what, round here. Is, well, what else do you have to bring? Well, to the table? we could talk about the latest cocktail news. I think we already did. We already did. Okay. We could talk about um, latest Tom Cruise news. Uh, we should have a segment called Cruise News. That's that is true. Yeah. He's a number one uh, movie of the weekend. He does have the number. It's the new Mission Impossible. I was talking about the 30th anniversary release of Cocktail. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. But the new Mission Impossible is doing quite well, I think. It's doing very well. Yeah, it's well received. A lot of people like it. Yeah, I mean, I think this Tom Cruise guy is going places. I think he might. Well, I mean, if he's got the right management behind him. Yeah. That is key. Okay, so this, we are going to get into the sink. Here's what you do. In case you are you new here or if you're old here, it's time for a little refresher. Number one, go home. Number one, go home. Num, num, number number one, go home. Um, number two, you are going to get out your copy of Cocktail. Number three, you're going to split it into five-minute chunks. Easiest if you have like a VHS tape because you just cut it. Yes. Number four, you're going to discard the first chunk. Number five, you're going to discard the second chunk. Number six, you're going to discard the third chunk. Number seven, you're going to discard the fourth chunk. Number eight, you're going to discard the fifth chunk. Number nine, you're going to discard the sixth chunk. Number ten, you're going to discard the seventh chunk. Number eleven, you're going to discard the eighth chunk. Number twelve, you're going to discard the ninth chunk. Number thirteen, you're going to discard the tenth chunk. Number fourteen, you're going to discard the eleventh chunk. Number fifteen, you're going to discard the twelfth chunk. Number sixteen, you're going to discard the thirteenth chunk. Number seventeen, you're going to grab the fourteenth chunk. What do you do with the fifteenth chunk? No, what were we on? Seventeen? Sixteen? Twenty-four? That was really hard, by the way. It's actually shocking how hard it is to keep that to keep two counts. That's what they in test your astronauts for. Yeah, two counts. Yeah, I think you're like, astronaut like ready. Sesame Street. Get ready for space. I am ready for space. Uh, okay, so um, get your fourteenth chunk, loop it, lock it. We're going to play it in a little bit here. You're going to sync it up with us. Get to the right start of it. Clean it if you want. Well, I cleaned it because I like I like cleaning it. Icleanedit.com. Icleanedit.com. Uh, <laughs> get all your get all your Apple devices cleaned. Oh, it's great. Okay. Three, two, one. Three, well, three, two, two one. Three, two, one, one go. Listen to me. Oh, that. Kill that. 
Nice. You could wait six months, you'd still be the youngest sales manager in the business. Trust Seems me. like a pretty good sink. Well, it's a, it's a. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> My mic has to be on in order to talk. Uh, that was a great sink. Yeah. So this is I even I even numbered this time. If we're going to analyze these five minutes of, of cocktail, I would say there are six scenes. And boy, are they six scenes! Why? Why, why are you? Are you? Because I'm you clicking like on this. I'm trying to be a little more professional this episode. And when I go and do my clicky keyboardy clicky, click on the keyboard, click on the mouse over here on this computer. Do you think that we should invest in a podcast ready mouse for the station? Ooh, a silent mouse. Well, it's like a well, glove. a trackpad would it, work. It's like a Nintendo Power Glove, and you stick your hand into it, and then <laughs> you just. That- yeah. Is that known as a podcast mouse? Yeah, and then I didn't know that. And That's then you're just it. in yeah. the computer world, and then yeah. you just grab files, open them. Yeah, it's great. That like Minority Report, another great Tom Cruise film. Yeah. So no, I, I was I was trying to be a little more professional here and turn off my mic when I was going to do a bunch of computer clicky things. But now that you mention it, I'll just leave it on. And you know what? If I if I'm clicking on the computer, you're going to hear it. We possibly could have better better micing and clicky things. We we don't have any control over the equipment here. Uh, yeah, we do. It's a democracy. Well, I'm, I think we should establish. We should found our own studio. Found our anarchy. Uh, okay, so six scenes. Do you believe that? Six scenes. Do you believe these sick? scenes are sick? Well, I mean, there's really two, three scenes. Three scenes. I say there's six scenes. Describe your three. scenes. Okay, three scenes are one Bonnie's apartment. Sure. Uh, which is the morning, the 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 conclusion of the morning in Bonnie's apartment. The conclusion of the morning after Jamaica. Yeah, yes. Number two, I mean, I guess yes. He goes to look in Jerry's bait shop, but like it's a Jerry's bait shop. Jerry's restaurant. Jerry's restaurant. I what? It's a it's a it's a the San Diego a, thing. No, it's a line from Weird Al's Albuquerque. Great. Uh, uh, so he goes to look in Jerry's bait shop. He then, I, I mean, and I, the audience. I don't even necessarily, okay, Jerry's Restaurant. Jerry's Diner. Jerry's Diner. Home of the Cement Bagel. Bagel. Uh, he doesn't even, I mean, that's such a short scene, I don't even really count it. And I think scene number two is. That's scene number two. Well, okay, fine. But the ne- there's three big scenes. Bonnie's apartment in the morning. That's not a big scene, it's a short scene. A hu- it's a huge, no, but it's significant. The, three, the second scene is significant. Fine, okay, fine. Then Maybe there's more than three scenes. Bonnie's apartment, goes to check out Jerry's. Uh, then there is outside the art gallery. Correct. Then there's inside the art gallery. Good. Then there's... You up to four. The, then there's after the art gallery with Bonnie. Outside again. Outside That's again. Five. And then there's... And then there is uh, shoe, the Shoe's Place. Well, not Shoe's Place, but shoe, Jerry's again. <laughs> That's the new <Uber> children's show. <laughs> Jerry's Restaurant, where he's back, and he's ready to find... Jo- Jordan, Jordan. So, your count right now seems to be six. Uh, how does that compare My to count your count? Is sick. How does that compare to your original estimate of three? I mean, it's double, but but that's what happens when you have two counts simultaneously. That is true. That is what happens when you do that simultaneously. Uh, so, okay, I think we agree. Uh, there are what? I'm hearing lots of clicking over there. I'm going to mute your mic. Much better. See, wow, a lot of noise just went away. Oh, it's the fan. You were right. You were right. That fan is producing noise. I've turned off your mic and there's a lot less noise. <laughs> oh, your mic's still turned off, though, so you can't say anything. No, no, it's just your mic. There's just static. Oh, excuse me. Correction. Yeah. Home of the cement Danish. Yeah, the cement Danish. Yeah. Cement Danish. Okay. 
so but this helped me stay more focused without this annoying sure and we will boil we will boil yes we will boil for you our fans so uh should we get to all six scenes one by one this oh there's such six scenes they are six scenes okay number one scene number one scene number one for me is about one thing carrot juice <laughs> there is some good carrot juice uh, action in the scene but more that bonnie is in control yeah yeah so bonnie well what happens in the scene okay well she, bonnie's getting dressed the, the text of it is she says wait for six months and you would still be the youngest sales manager yeah so although, no rush although right now he's not only sales manager he's like literally doing nothing yeah it, no she's saying i'm gonna she's saying i'll get you a job in six months and then you can start working on your career but he says like he'd be the youngest sales manager. Would he start as a manager? Yeah, any- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's should, coming in as a manager. Shouldn't he do anything lower level right now? Uh, she doesn't seem to think so. Because <laughs> it helps manage her apartment and stuff? Yeah. 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 So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, he's, he seems bored too, right? He's, oh, yeah. He's bored. He's not enjoying this. He's, well, he's certainly not enjoying his carrot juice. He, he, he. Holds the glass up, takes a little smell of it, and then puts it back down. I mean, he went up with her to New York to make sure that her career wasn't ruined because she was going to like. Yeah. I mean, her her. It was very dangerous for her. Yeah. To go back he, he's alone. He's a nice guy. Yep. Classic nice guy. Yep. Uh, Brian Flanagan. Helping her out. And also wanted to make sure that uh, he would get a a nice job with her company. Mm-hmm. And it was going to happen, uh, but uh, it sounds like he feels that uh, she's stringing him along. Well, she's stringing along. Uh, she's string, string, along. She's strumming along on the career front. Sure, I and think then also on, stringing him around with her with her pantyhose <laughs> yes. around his neck. Yes, she does. the The pantyhose come come out and wrap around his neck, and it's a very she's she is in control. Yeah, yeah. She could choke him with her pantyhose if she wanted to. So he's like sitting down on like a little. It's like the he's like a tiny. He's a tiny man. I mean, he's a little tiny man. He's sitting down on what is kind of like a high chair a baby sits in. And then <laughs> I thought he's sitting on the end of a bed. Is he? It's like a weird little chair, though. Okay. And then like she calls him, "Oh, my little baby." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a little sippy cup full of carrot juice. <laughs> it's no. It's a proper glass. He's like holding it like like dinosaur arms. Yes. He's like, yes. Then he looks at it. It is like, very. It's it's the it's the little T Rex arms. Yeah. And then he's like a sippy cup. He's like, do I drink it? He's like, no, I don't want it. And then he, like he's fussy and he puts it down. Yes. Uh. So I mean, that's. It seems like a pleasant life. <laughs> seems like he's enjoying himself in New York. Oh yeah. We've seen. I do like how he's. I mean, he's very. He's he's. He is stylishly dressed, at least for the 80s. He is 80s chic dressed throughout this entire five minutes. I, I disagree, and we'll talk about that in a few Okay, minutes. all right, very well. Um, but it's how much how much leeway do you think he gets? For example, you know, is he able to do anything all day? Is he able to see his old uncle, Pat? Is he able to, like, hang out? I mean, it sounds like Coglin is coming in and starting a restaurant. Sounds- I'm sure there's a lot for him to take care of around the house. I think he's, yeah, I think yeah. his job. He's, yeah. he's paying rent. Yes. The city costs. And we've we've certainly also not disclosed, is he still maintaining that apartment in a... Uh, that's a good point. What Long happened Island? to his old apartment? Yeah, what what happened to... What I mean, other assets did he have in New York? I mean, Uncle Pat was the... And this is one thing we don't want to talk about either. Mm. Exactly... You know, how much did it take for him to liquidate his assets down in Jamaica? You think he had assets in Jamaica? He had an oxygen tank next to his bed. That's fun. 
Yeah, I mean, there's all these kind of things, knickknacks. I mean, I'm sure you, you know, every flare bartender has their own flare kit. Well, that he could have brought with him. Did he, though? He could have. I mean, I'd assume so. And where is he keeping it? In his old apartment. <laughs> I mean, I think Uncle Pat, the moment that he went to Jamaica, suddenly, I think Uncle Pat re-rented out other people. I think that's... I think oh, that, yeah, for... It, yeah, I mean, if he was living in an Uncle Pat... An, Pat, an Pat. Uncle Pat, a Pat zone. Yeah, if he's living in Pat zone, I'm guessing the Pat zone has rented other people. Yeah, sure. So unless he was still paying the rent with his with his you know Jamaica riches. Um, <laughs> that is. Good. I mean, do you think that he found ways to blow his money, or do you think that he uh, did? Well, save what's he going to spend it on in Jamaica? Well, going drugs. to clubs, going to hottest dance clubs in town. I mean, I don't think he does that alone. No. But he could be doing drugs, right? Yeah, there's not too much of an implication of that. I mean, where'd the money go? Follow the money. Follow the money. I mean, I think that if you have too much money, you have to find ways to spend it. And that's what drugs are. That's why drugs exist. That's why God invented them. I see. Uh, So, the second scene. Anything more in the first scene? It's pretty short. Um, No, no. Second scene is the street. I mean, the thing... We pan across some shops. I mean, he is at once infantile, and then also he is being draped with women's garments. You know, so it's mm. just he is—he's basically being emasculated and infantilized as much as possible, mm-hmm. and and I don't think he's liking it. No, he doesn't seem super happy. Yeah, no. Okay, so then he's on his way to Jerry's. Jerry's. Well, he's and not I, on the way to Jerry's. Well, he's walking to Jerry's. He's walking to Jerry's past Jerry's, but uh, this gives us a glimpse of what he does during the daytime. Yeah, which he, is, walks he walks around. around. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun thing to do. Uh, and so this scene, uh, Jerry's exterior, uh, one three two, uh, is this Dun Dunbus? Dunbus. One two one three two Dunbus. Do not open Google Maps. We know what happens when I'm, you do that. I'm obviously not going to okay. do that. All right. But what? Yeah, so it's interesting. So the scene right there with Jerry's uh, diner. Yes. Home in the Cement Danish. Yes. Uh, is Dundas Street. 132 Dundas Street West, Toronto. Yeah. So these are all Toronto exteriors. Wow, more but, Toronto sites. But I do like how they fake it. You see how they fake it in the scene. They put, I mean, they put posters and stuff all over. For CBGBs. Yeah, CBGB, and I, I wrote down some other. There's a jazz concert for Paquito de Rivera. I mean, is that explicit in New York? Well, it, he's a Cuban saxophonist. But Toronto loves Cuban saxophonists. I guess that's true. But he's a real person. <laughs> it's easier for them to, to pick a real person. Well, not necessarily. they got to get his permission. That's true. Uh, and then there's an Italian-looking bakery with some gigantic donut things in the window. Oh, is that next to it? Yeah. Huh. The first shop is a is what... I mean, it's a bakery, or it looks like a bakery, uh, and it's got... You know, the Italian colors on it. Yeah. Yeah, the old green, red, and white. I wonder, like, this is something I just don't know. If you are, like, around in Canada, in Toronto, versus New York, what would be small things that give away you're in Toronto? Well, people would say A a lot. Well, I'm just saying, but, like, in the background Some people would be speaking French. I mean, people would be uh, flashing Canadian currency. There would be French... There would be French words a lot around. In Toronto? Is that... Yes. Yes. I'm I'm pretty sure that there's only laws in the province of Quebec. Really? I'm pretty sure that the rest of Canada doesn't. Are you sure? No, I think it's I think it's all of Canada has to say has to have French 
Canada. Yeah, I believe it's true. Canada national language. I've never been to Canada. Um, languages of Canada. Well, I mean, the question is like a street sign. Uh, a multitude of languages are used in Canada. According to, well, this is not, I want to know about the legal implication. Yeah, English and French. Well, the official yes, languages are English and French. Yeah, but that means everything has to be in English and French. That doesn't necessarily Language policy of the federal government. English and French have equal status in federal courts, Parliament of Canada, and in all federal institutions. The public has the right where there is sufficient demand to receive federal government services in either English or French. The question are, are street signs in Toronto, do they have, like, walk written from? What is walk? Like, French and English are equal to each other as federal official languages. Debate in Parliament may take place in either official language. Federal laws should be printed in both official languages with equal authority. So if there's any laws printed out on the street, then there you go. Here's here's the Canadian walking man. You see this guy? Yes. A little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if that was in the background. Because, like, here's the American guy. He's, like, on the go. And by walking man, you mean the for listeners who aren't looking at your screen right they now. should be you, looking you at my mean, screen right now. You mean the, the man on the walk sign when you cross the street. A.K.A. the walking man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that the U.S. guy, he's like hunched over and he's kind of like in a hurry. Whereas the Canadian guy, he's like strut, he's strutting. I would call it, call it a strutting man. Sure. Sure. Okay, I'm going to say there's going to be some French some places. Given uh, that it is one of two national languages of the country that you are in. I think I think no. I think they do that as a sop to Quebec. Who cares? And the rest of the country just basically says, wow, Quebec is weird, but we have to put up with it. Mm. And federal proceedings, I'm sure, have to do a lot of French stuff to deal with Quebec. But if you're just on the streets of Toronto, I think there's probably a minimum of having to deal with French. But that's just my speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I'm saying. Okay. What other thing? I mean, more geese, probably? Um... I don't know. I mean, it matters what season it is. Less pizza. A lot less pizza, and and they won't have the right water for it. Yeah. You have to use New York water to make New York pizza. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say about that, but it it is interesting. Do you think that's one of the rules of the relationship is while you're here, you can't, you know, talk to Jordan? I mean, I mean, not that she even knows or cares, but do you think that she would see as a breach and he would not? she doesn't know about Jordan. But do you think that would sever the relationship of your allowed well, to stay? Well, she doesn't apartment? know what he does during the day. Then what are the down? I mean, is it the fact well, that he has personal no, honor? He, no, it's that he is nervous about what's going to happen if he talks to Jordan. So it's more the fact that starting something with Jordan is dangerous because he'll be starting something with Jordan to apologize while he's still in a relationship. Well, with I think it would maybe complicate his ability to restart a thing with Jordan if he then had to. Also, I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to say, oh, I'm, well, I'm with this woman, Bonnie. And you remember Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny story. Funny story. I, story. We were now together, but that's okay. I mean, like, how is he going to approach that, right? He's either going to lie to Jordan again. Or he lies not, all the time. That's true. Okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying there's a lot. There's definitely a built-in. There's, Ooh, that Italian it's, donut it's place not, it does it, look nice. Yeah, it does. It's not a perfect situation for him to approach Jordan at this point in time. But he's scoping out Jerry's to say, when things go south with Bonnie... This is where I want to be. Jerry's? Jordan? Although it is interesting, is this all one day? This morning? This afternoon? And in the art gallery at night? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It definitely is because of what he says at the end. Real quick. You hear that? Okay, keep it going. 
I wow. love that. It's so good. It's so good. Because you get this nice swelling cord, and then you get the harsh, you know, of the, Bonnie's return. Yeah, that's that's so, that's Bonnie's evil guitar. And you and you picked up on what that song is as he's strolling past Jerry's. Uh, yeah, it's a sad piano version of "Run for the Shelter." Is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Frick, I need to listen yeah, to that again. Yeah, it's their song, played uh, in sad piano. <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, I did not pick up on that. I, yeah. Huh, what, what a what a lovely set of motifs. Yes. So, uh, and then we have another uh, Toronto uh, exterior scene. I'm, I'm just assuming this is Toronto. I don't really have a, have a scene. In, in the script, X'd dash Toronto. Toronto-esque. Toronto-exed. Toronto-esque. Uh, so outside we have uh, we have a taxi that is is being double parked against the curb, and that's not making anybody happy. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting. So this taxi is is dropping someone off, and then this limo, Bonnie's limo, pulls up, and and in case, and just like blocks in the taxi, in this very, you know, uh, aggressive way. I mean, so so originally the taxi was at the curb, and then on the lane out there was a second limo, yeah, basically that went back to the midpoint of the taxi. So the taxi at that point could back out mm. and get on the street, but it could not go forward because it's being blocked in by this limo in front of it. Yeah, uh, and then Bonnie comes in to block it in from the behind too, and now it's completely <laughs> blocked into the curb. And the taxi driver, what it does is it immediately tries to go forward and then parks and then gets angry. Yes, and Which, that does not work out. I mean, at, at no point was going forward going to help. I mean, did he do this only aggressively to make a show to the limo driver he has to move? Well, yeah, and then he starts yelling, so sure. Yeah. Sure. I think all... Okay, I believe all of this was dubbed after the fact because I did not see anyone's lips move of the in limo the, driver. In the cars? No. Yes. No. I, mean, the taxi, I mean, they're pretty far away, but... The taxi driver's out in his his arms out his window in the typical taxi driver style. Yeah. Whereas the limo is like not only are they stopped, but like the drivers are just outside, just hanging out in the street. <laughs> they're just gonna wait there until they wait they'll wait there double parked until uh, people are done in the art gallery. I mean, I'd say that's probably the worst case of double parking. <laughs> what if one is you're in your car? It's like okay, we get it. You're in the car. Yeah. I, if I really push you, you'll move. And if you double park and you leave, it's like okay, this makes sense. You know, you double parked because yeah. you needed to get out, yeah. and you broke the rules and you screwed me over. But I get it. If you double park, then leave your car and just hang around, it's like you're just rubbing it in, right? <laughs> well, I mean, they're yeah, they're limo drivers. That's what they do is rub it in. <laughs> I mean, can't you like circle around the block? What? Are they, yeah, that's what wh- they should be. Well, also, a limo is a very impractical way to get around the city, especially for two people. But it's the only way to get around the city. Of course it is. I mean, like, even, I mean, a like a very rich person in New York City is not going to use a limo to get around the city. They're going to use a black car. Uh, well, they use a helicopter. I mean, they can't use a helicopter and use a black car. Limo's going to be black. No, I mean, a, a sedan, a black sedan. Because okay. a limo is only, if it's, especially if it's just you or two people, a limo is only going to make things worse. Uh, but it's going to make it harder for you in and out of places. It's going to draw more attention to you. You don't want to be around a limo. You want to be in a black car. But what if you want to be in a hot tub while you're while you're getting around the city? Ooh, is is you think this is a hot tub limo? Pretty. Sh- I mean, I mean, hot tubs have popped up in unusual places in this film before. That is very true. Yeah, I mean, I think people with money they have hot tubs. Ooh, here we are. Here's the song of the app.
that's John Mellencamp's Rayvon. We may hear that later in the app here. Oh, I think we will. Yep. Uh, okay, so here is something that is written, and I'll, I'll just pull up the actual uh, the actual page. This is the IMDb for Cocktail Goofs. You know the goof section? That's where you... Uh, it's like our famous Goof Squad section. Yes. But it's more of, of it's a, But it's crowdsourced. So when Brian... Is, it, do we, is this show crowdsourced in that there's two of us? Yeah, two's a crowd. Great. Uh, uh, when Brian and Bonnie arrive at the exhibition, the movie showing in the cinema is Barfly. When Brian leaves, it's Casablanca. I mean, cinemas can change the movies they show sometimes. But I will, okay, I'll say this: one, yeah. they can. If you like walk down University Avenue, the only good thing in Palo Alto uh, is the Stanford Theater, and you will see them change its marquee during the movie. Yeah. If it's the last night of it showing it, they yeah. will actually put the next movie. But here's the thing: I at no point, and I watch closely. I do not see Barfly anywhere in this marquee. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's a very weird, specific thing to complain about that I see absolutely no sign in the movie that that is actually the case. As they walk here, you cannot see anything written in the marquee. I don't, oh, well, maybe it's the poster or something? I mean, but... Yeah, no, I agree. You can't. There's. You cannot see the marquee. What a weirdly specific complaint! Isn't that strange? Maybe there's an alternate cut of the movie that includes <laughs> a more a more direct shot of the marquee. In the uh, you know, when they originally showed it, they had a uh, they had paid product placement by the movie Barfly, where <laughs> Brian Flanagan looks up the marquee, sees Barfly, and says, "Huh, that reminds me of my life." <laughs> uh, but um, they cut it out of the Blu-ray release. It's weird. Yes. Very odd. Uh, so, um, the do we any notes on? So then they're they're outside. They're hanging out outside. Bonnie's talking with her friends, refusing to introduce Flanagan. And who is the first friend she speaks to? I don't remember. Very appropriately named. Uh, art. Art. <laughs> art. Is, that's a wonderful way to show up at an art gallery. Is go hey, up, art. Arms out. It's like. Art. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, that's pretty great. I did not pick up on that. Yeah, well, it's worth watching next time around. Yeah. Uh, and then Brian Flanagan just, you know, he does not only not stay side, but he walks around the crowd and he just angrily looks in the camera straight ahead. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the thing you do where it's like clearly you're not wanted in this conversation, right? Sure. And so he's so he's kind of hovering and it's awkward and he does not want the conversation. So what does he do? He keep find something to do which is walk to the right and kind of proceed ahead and gets of course called back by Bonnie but that's it's you know he's trying to ease the awkwardness of standing there next door without being acknowledged by anyone in the conversation I mean that's true in a sense but it reminds me nothing as so much as Tom Cruise in the movie Eyes Wide Shut you know these like sequences that he did the final what's going on here no I'm just saying you could be you could be close to the microphone yeah but I'm trying to like say look at this I mean, you know, like these scenes from Eyes Wide Shut, where he's just like angry oh, walking down the sidewalk. I did not know those scenes. I mean, it's, no, it's basically this is the final Kubrick movie, Eyes Wide Shut, and a big mm. part of it is a bunch of dolly shots where he's walking down the street towards the camera, looking angry and gloomy, uh, kind of like a video game vampire. Uh, and uh, it's it's weird how similar he looks to that in the scene. I wonder if this is what Kubrick was watching. He says, you know, I think this I think this Cruise fellow is what my what I need. Mm. Uh, I need to uh, actually see exactly what the uh, pattern is of how he walks around, because either he is there only for assistance, or he is there to, uh, you know, basically be told to show off. It seems like in any case he's doing a bad job uh, satisfying his role, right? 
I mean, he's, he's well, throughout the entire evening, absolutely. In terms of being there, like, in the initial approach, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, I think it's like he's... She's not incorporating him into this conversation. I think the natural thing at that point is, oh, okay, I'm this is I'm not part of this. That's fine. I'm gonna just kind of walk, you know, stand here and idle on my own, so it's not awkward that I'm just standing here with all these people not, you know, acknowledging me. Sure, I, I, th- I think that's actually fine. I think his move to the right is is a fine move. But imagine he's a nice butler. If he was a nice butler, what he would do is he'd walk around always facing his front towards her, so he can stay aware of what is needed from him. I will say that he's not a nice butler. I mean, I'll say, okay, so his role to be with her in New York is to play the part of, you know, basically an all-around, you know, a gopher, mm. as well as boy toy. And I'd say he satisfies none of these very well. We never from, we see, we don't even see it sour. Yeah. We see him at all points being petulant, just non-responsive. It seems like for not one single second was he fulfilling his expected well, role. Well. well, I mean, he's reached a breaking point here. Let's be clear. <laughs> but we just skipped to the breaking point is what's okay. funny. Yes, we do. <laughs> and it's great. I mean, uh, do, would you want to see the part where it's like, oh, this is working out well? Or do you think it's good to skip right by that? I think it's great to skip right by <laughs> I So question, question. Let's, 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 we've got an estimation problem here. Sure. Uh, how much do you think it would cost? To, how much... How much money do you think it would take to hire Tom Cruise as your butler? Today? Today. Today. On an annual basis. How much would you have to pay Tom Cruise to be your butler? Let's start with a with an estimate of Tom Cruise's net worth. I mean, it's about opportunity cost. It's really what things does Tom Cruise want that he currently can't buy that more money would serve him well to do. Here's our favorite website, Celebrity Net Worth. Tom Cruise, net worth $570 million. Tom Cruise's salary, $50 million per year. Sure. A nice, even $50 million. I mean, let's say George Soros, uh, Mr. Esperanto himself, were to go up to Tom Cruise and say, let's trade net worths, but you have to be my butler for a year first. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, that's a... When you have Soros money, you can do a lot more with it, you know? Tom Cruise can't, like, start... You know, he can't, like, pay people to be... Uh, to support all these policies... You know, I mean, every time you go out and you like vote for things, Soros gives you a check, and Tom Cruise can't do that. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, that's the kind of thing that Tom Cruise can't do is like control the world governments like a puppet master. And uh, yeah. So you want to? If you were to offer him that opportunity, you think he would he would take up a butler job? I mean, it's one year of butlering for like a lifetime of of elevating one step above. It's kind of like yeah, you know, what does everyone want? We said baseball players want to be actors. And then actors, they want to be George Soros, you know. Hmm. I mean, he does want to be like a he does want to be like a an alien super god. That's what that's what the Scientology thing was. Maybe that's what. Okay, so it's actually not. I, there's no financial figure here. It's more of a. What does he want? I mean, I think what he wants is to feel like alien super god. Yeah, I mean, he is a weirdly anxious person who is deeply disappointed with the emptiness of real life but he's also very happy to be a professional but we see him have nervous breakdowns in public on a semi-regular basis sure and i think the question is there is what is something missing what does he really want stability i think what he wants is his childhood sled oh if only yeah i while i'm on this website there is another headline here golfer ian poulter owns 14 ferraris worth more than 25 million that's good to have. It's good to have. Good to have. It's you know, it, it, thirteen would be too few. I'm just saying that fifteen too many. 
I mean, it's it's just to me. Like, I understand when you own a garage, but yeah. to me, like. I get stressed out remembering where I'm parking. Just having more than one car is the most stressful <laughs> idea like, in the world. And, and they're Ferraris, too, so it's really it's it's a bad thing if you misplace one of them. Yeah. That's I, a lot of money. Of all things to invest, like, what, like that's just so stressful. You have to get insurance on it. You have to keep your tags registered. Well, maybe they're not all operating. Maybe filed non-operational. Uh, then what's the point? Like... Of all things, why don't you get like cool sculptures instead? The 42-year-old Poulter owns 14 Ferraris with a worth more than a combined $25 million. Um, while some may think Poulter's collection is simply full of toys, he views his cars as investments. Wow, so you're not wrong. Okay, I think in, chunks of metal are going to depreciate. In fa- well, in fact, he's sold two cars already. He doesn't consider himself a car dealer, but he's in a position to sell or buy if the right offer comes along. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, Ian Poulter owns 1,000 Toyotas. <laughs> like, I consider myself a Toyota dealership. Um, I just like collecting. <laughs> the most expensive car in Poulter's collection is a 1962 Ferrari California Spider, which is valued at about $11.6 million. So that's like half of it right there. Hmm. He also owns a Ferrari uh, 288 GTO, a Ferrari F40, a Ferrari F50, Ferrari Enzo. That's yeah, there you go. Enzo. Enzo Ferrari. And a Ferrari La Ferrari. He's seeing red in the best way possible. That's a fun little editorial at the end of that paragraph. <clears throat> and then he's um, losing money on these awful investments, but at least he's uh, seeing red Ferraris. The only question then will be which car he takes to the first tee. <laughs> Oh. oh, what an article. Do you what think, an do you, think article. you can make a sport uh, combining golfing and NASCAR? Uh, uh, NASCOLF? NASCOLF, yeah. Yeah, NASCOLF. Where you just you, you, you line up on the tee, you hit golf balls, and then you jump into a NASCAR and you drive up to, the, to the, your next shot. I think you'd have to work on those mechanics a little bit, but yeah, that's close. You'd have to hire a lot of mechanics. <laughs> yeah. And they would have to work uh, a lot. Okay. okay, let's head, let's back back to what where are we at here? So okay, let's next time around we're going to hear the piano version oh, of "Run to the we, Shelter." We're going to listen to this. It's we're very close to it, run so we should shelter? just wait. Run for the shelter of your love. Okay, let's let's just listen. Let's. I'm not hearing it. Wait for it. Oh, you're right. Slightly different. Okay, now let's listen to the dialogue and the horn. Okay, yeah. New Yorkers. So he is by her side like a good butler. She <laughs> picks some something out of his hair. Art. Hi. Hello. It's so good to see you. He's smug. Hello, He's smiling. God, it's been ages. Left and lurch. Hi. Hi. Heads aside. Thanks. That color is gorgeous on you, darling. Take my coat, will you? It's a good scene, very good scene. So, I mean, so okay, so let's let's talk about did he act appropriately for his role of of assistant, general gopher, and and boy toy? 
Uh, I mean, I know, okay, okay, but, so, so but I don't think I don't roles. think it's unreasonable. Okay, so look, should, we, should we look at this two ways? Yeah. As ideal gopher, what should he have done? Ideal gopher, he Which should he should have immediately offered to hold her coat. That would have been very reasonable. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but, but you don't, like, intrude, but no, you're just no, ready you're to there. take it. You're there, you're ready to accept the coat. You hover around the vicinity, yep. and you say, you know, you have your arm out, you take it, you know, so her action, you intuitively pick up on Immediately there, yeah. Instead, he walked away, had to wait for her to call darling. Come and then, back and, and take point, my coat. Exactly. And very, I mean, she, she had to hold it out. I mean, he didn't, he was not... Uh, intuiting her intentions very well at all. Mm. As boy toy, how should he have acted? Uh, I mean, I well, in that case, it feels more like it's like, you know, he's on her arm or like, they, you know, they'd be like physically together a little more than they are and in this scene, right? And that's what he was right? trying for a bit. As, yeah. as he walked up, she did like comb his hair back like a little boy. Yeah. Which is, I think a boy toy needs to make sure his hair is perfect. So mm. he already screwed up. Sure. Uh, and then he stands slightly behind her, just smiling ahead, waiting to be like, and look at this little guy I have. Look at this. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, again, I think it'd be, it's more of like... But he does it for about three seconds. Yeah. He smiles ahead. If he is truly acting the role as boy toy, I think he would have to... Keep smi- smiling. Keep smiling, and then make it look natural like he's not bored. Yes. And he failed to do that. Yes. He got bored after three seconds and walked away. That's what he does. What a terror... Like, he, he doesn't know how good he has it. Well, I mean, as we will learn later in these five minutes, he has already decided to, to leave. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well... Um, so, people are... Okay, just general. Bonnie, yeah. she acts like she's 70 years old, right? Like, yes. All of her mannerisms are not of... She was like 33 years old when this movie was filmed, the actress, but she does a good job just inhabiting, one, I think, everything from the makeup to the fur coat to the hairstyling, but she's like, darling. Yes. Oh. And then just like weird air smooches and so on. Um, and I mean, everyone... And her decor. Do those people exist anymore? People who are 30 but seem 70? Or are those people are just extinct? Um, well, I mean, they're they're no longer thirty. No, they're t- they're now actually seventy, and there, they seem thirty. Are there people today who are you know born in the nineteen eighties mm. but seem like they're they act just like sixty or seventy year olds? Um, mm, I'm not sure that's a thing anymore because that used to be a way like you are professional and you're part of the scene. As sure, yeah, artificially gray hair. Yeah, there was a, there was a woman in the front. Also, her her lips are unsynced. But she says, what a drag. <laughs> Which I, I I don't know what she was saying originally or if she was saying something and looking at it. She but, sounds fun. But it's also fun, too, because I think that it's just adding to the kind of general cloud of anxiousness around. Is that is she talking about Brian Flanagan? No. But I think subconsciously you're supposed to pick up on these negative words and attribute it to everyone who's talking about Flanagan. Sure. He's a drag. He is. I mean, he's a dragon, Bonnie. That's for sure. He is a dragon. He's a dragonfly. He's a dragon. Dragon barfly. Uh. So okay. So they get inside. Lovely gallery. They get inside the gallery. Lovely gallery. Lovely art. Drinks are served. The scene scene was. uh, It was. uh, It was guest directed by Tim Burton. You have the checkerboard black and white floor. It really is a Tim Burton esque art gallery. (laughs) Yeah. The same year Beetlejuice came out. (laughs) So if you want the art is is is. (laughs) Very similar to the Beetlejuice art. Yes, it's just just saying. 
Wow, were they made by the same film company, the same like production company or something? That's a good question. Was t- did Touchstone make Beetlejuice? I don't think that would make any difference. Uh, I no, mean, just Ge- in terms was, of they Geffen. might Geffen. Okay, well, I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know. It's one of it's one of those ants uh, bugs life situations, you know. <laughs> yeah, when this came out, they're like, you know, Beetlejuice cocktail, very similar, very similar. Uh, so this is basically like a swank 1980s art scene. I'll say this, there's nothing particularly cutting edge about the art. In fact, I'd say that the art is actually fairly retrograde. I would call it urban in orientation. I, that's true. Yeah. I mean, okay, so look up, look up, uh, do a search for John Chamberlain, sculptor. Because I was just like saying, oh, who does it remind me of the most? And I think this, this sculptor, I think, kind of fits the bill the most. John Chamberlain sculptor. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, these works appear to be a little more colorful. Sure. The stuff in the gallery is is you know is more browns and grays, right? You know, a That's lot of that. That's true, but I mean, I would say he made from scrap auto parts in the 1950s a series of sculptures. Yeah, yeah, but there. I mean, but again, these are these these have color. These feel these feel more. There's more life here. Stuff in the gallery feels kind of dead. That's that's interesting. More urban, perhaps. It, I mean, I think it's it has it's a little urban in orientation. Yeah. Uh, you are listening to Earful Cocktail here on KZSU Stanford. We're bringing you all the earful you can take, unless you're listening on the podcast, and then it's not. Then it's not. Uh, so okay, so inside, so we we have drinks served for, first and only drinks, as far as I'm aware, in these five minutes, which is champagne and more champagne, more champagne, tons of champagne, not in, not in champagne glasses. No. Well, I mean, so the, the champagne flutes really are, are not, con- by real champagne fans, champagne flutes are, are not considered the ideal way to drink champagne. I mean, in terms of seeing the bubbles and the fondness of it and it being special, like, sure. Yeah. But actually, in terms of appreciating the, the taste of champagne, you're supposed to drink it in actually pretty close to the sorts of glasses they're drinking it in, the, a, a, something with a little more uh, room to breathe in the glass. Do you think that these are people who care the most about how things actually should taste and are not about appearances? No, these are people that would like the flutes. Yeah, I mean, I think yep. so. Yeah. Uh, but they are more top-heavy. Like, yes. Perhaps this is just more... Oh, yeah, it's much more practical to have people holding these, these you know, more normal, shorter glasses than holding champagne flutes. So as you walk into this room, how would you describe the style? Urban in orientation. I mean, I would say it's lumberjack chic. Yeah, I mean, sure. everybody is wearing uh, basically a lot of flannels yep. with a lot of neon. Yeah. And Brian Flanagan, he is wearing his uh, little sports coat yep. over his uh, Hawaiian shirt. Which is a way of like oh, showing that. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he does have. Well, it's not a. It's not as explicitly a Hawaiian shirt as some of the other shirts he's worn. It's crypto Hawaiian. It's crypto Hawaiian. I mean, he's wearing his crypto Hawaiian shirt under his sports coat in a way of saying, "I'm not ready to leave the Jamaica behind of my dreams." The Jamaica behind Mon. Mon. Uh, and everyone else around, there are very few people who are wearing jackets the way he is. Most people are wearing mm. kind of a more uh, trendy, urban more style. Chic. More chic. Oh, more, more urban in orientation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny that he is just reading the room very badly. Whereas, like, she's wearing, like, a 1930s socialite. Yeah, thing. that's true. She's got this gigantic <laughs> fur coat. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, so, so then they meet the sculptor. You remember the sculptor's name? Robert Powell. Robert Powell. And Robert Powell, you know who he's played by? 
Uh, I looked him up. Uh, Kenneth McGregor. Kenneth McGregor. Best known. As Magneto's father. Magneto's father. And you, you've seen that movie, right? No. You know how it starts. It, it Well, I mean, I know that Magneto's, because I looked this up, Magneto's father is Jacob Eisenhart, and apparently the only scene in the movie is a flash of him. Is he's seen in photos, and he's seen in a flashback where he's like entering a concentration camp. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I actually watched the scene to see. It's very hard to catch his face. Yeah, but he does look like he does look like an Eastern European dude. Yeah, so, so that's and and I mean, you look you look up Kenneth McGregor, and he's best known for playing Magneto's father. So it was memorable. It was memorable for those that saw it. I mean, I'll say this: it is funny casting though, because you know it's. Of all ways you could play the sculptor, I mean, how, how would they know that it's going to be Magneto? I mean, of all ways you could play the sculptor, yeah. how could you make him? He could be very kind of, kind <laughs> of like Fey and New, Twiggy and yes. like and yeah. very like a very like twiddly black mustache. He could and, have and like huge a, thick frames. Yes, he could yeah. have like hair that like sticks and up and one of those colored. one of those uh, one of those hat those like uh, Parisian hats. Yeah, you could a have big, a baguette, a big, a bag, holding a baguette, little with like tiny a mustache, tiny mustache, a big long like cigarette, cigarette on a stick. Yeah, cigarette on a stick. Yeah, he yeah, could be exactly. In a wheelchair. It, like, okay. I mean, like he could be like having like a, a blanket over him, and he could be like in a top hat and a monocle. Well, yeah, exactly. Yes, and instead he's got his shirt like kind of not tucked in very well. I mean, if just looking at him in the scene, if I knew nothing else, yes. I would say. Who what, who do you think he is? Like the wait staff? <laughs> I mean, I'd say he looks like a dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. He, yes. It's like a, it's weird. He's got like is he wearing khakis? But right? I think actually, I mean, in terms, of it actually, I think that's actually it. It actually feels like a more plausible. Oh, it's perfect. It's yeah, great. It's I mean, great that's casting. if you if you have like you know this uh, someone who's actually a sculptor, you know, and they're showing up at this uh, you know at this really fancy gallery. Shh, shh. Listen, okay. Good, good Walla. No. No. And I love it. <laughs> Just the pleasure. Barney, let's get out of here. Darling, I think you've had enough to drink. Oh. Brian. Barney, what are we playing, musical highballs here? Come on, heel, boy, heel. Come again? Mm. I haven't got this one party broken yet, have you, Barney? Brian, this is Robert Powell. He's the sculptor. Oh. oh what do you do? Interesting work. Thank you. Interesting work. It's uh, very urban in orientation. Robert, tell me, how did you get the cockroach to stand still long enough? You're drunk. (laughs) You're ugly. Could you hold him? I'm okay. Robert. Have a nice day. It's an amazing fight. Wonderful scene. Such a scene. Wonderful scene. Such a scene. Okay, so first let's describe how Robert is dressed. Well, before we get to Robert, first let's describe Robert's the other... Robert's Yes. <laughs> first let's describe the other patrons in the art gallery. So we have people saying, ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh. And then I like... A lot like... of people like have like a valley girl aesthetic. Some of them have like yeah. frosted hair yeah. with like in a weird ponytail up in the air. It's chic. It's chic, yeah. And then what I really like is there's this one guy 
Yeah, who who bends dramatically forward to look extremely closely at the placard on a sculpture. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, he leans in real close as if he really wants to know the name of this sculpture and then looks up from that position looking if, at the sculpture. If only you could have some way to perhaps like augment reality so you can find that information without getting yourself so dangerously close to the sculpture. This is the 80s. This is the 80s. Get used to it. Get used to it. No, but I mean, I just, I think it's, it's again, wonderful extra work where you've got this guy way overacting this checking out the sculpture thing. Wouldn't it be great if the Jamaica extras were in every scene? If we got Eck back? If Eck would would only join us here? If Eck versus Sever in every scene, it'd be so incredible. This guy is kind of like the the Eck of New York. He's like the Eck of the 80s. The Eck, well, they're all the Eck, they're both the Eck of the 80s, but. Yeah, okay. Okay, so so then then they engage with Robert Powell. Yeah. Yes. Um. so describe how Robert is dressed. Robert is dressed. He's got his. He's he's from the bottom up. Robert. Well, first let me describe overall. Overall, Robert he's wearing overalls. is he's wearing. He's, he's a farmer. Uh, he 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 grows beautiful works of art. Yes. So no, he's. I mean, he's dressed. But seriously, as, folks. Yes, he's dressed as someone who does not frequently go to such fancy events, and who is trying to, you know, like is sort of. Puts the what he thinks is needed to to meet the dress code of such an event, but like does not actually get things quite right. I think that's you know it's either that or it's like he just doesn't care. He fulfills the 1950s style, what a modern artist is, which is an extremely masculine man. Oh, he's that for sure. I mean, that's what Jack like Jackson Pollock was. Was Mm. he brought this very masculine you know American presence to being a to being an artist. Yeah. And I think this is, I mean, everything in the movie, as far as every piece of cultural reference in the movie, is about the 50s, not yeah, the 80s. Yeah. And the art scene is no different. That's, Other yep. than the way they're superficially dressed, this is a 1950s sequence. Yes, and he's dressed 50s-y. Kind of. Well, okay. So, to be clear... Pa- he, high pants? He's wearing, well, it's tough to say, he's wearing uh. these, uh, these, like, tan dress slacks. Yep. And then he has a shirt... Which is at least seven sizes too large. Yes, and is just billowing. <laughs> it's billowing. It's hanging down like past his hips. Yes, and like this, and it's tucked in. Yeah. But it's like hanging down past. Not his tucked hips. in very well. It's like a, it's like a mime or something. Like these weird billowy <laughs> things. He's like he has like his. It's like when you roll up your sleeves above your arm. He does that, but they're down by his wrists. Yes, it's very. It's odd. like an artist garb. And he's wearing like a weird, flashy uh, '80s style. Yeah, well, his tie is is of the moment. Everything else is. But not. you have to you have to fit in. Yes, and then he's got the slicked back hair. Pure Goomba greaseball hair. He's got the he's got the five o'clock shadow on the face. Yeah. And he's got that aspect of of uh, a superhero's father. He does. I mean, yeah. he looks like a, like a taxi driver. He looks like a guy who's frying up some eggs in the back room. He as opposed look- to this guy on the right here, yeah. who is wearing a lumberjack shirt, has long dark black hair, and lipstick on. Yeah, I mean that guy. He's, he's there's the guy checking out oh, the. Oh, <laughs> he's great. He's like Doogie Howser. He's so good. Uh, Yes. There are a few other people in normal suits. I I wouldn't say that's entire. I mean, a men. Few of them. The, no, I would say like. But they're half the bus- of the other men are wearing normal suits. But those are the business guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, yes. <laughs> okay. It's so good. So then we have the sequence of the fight, which I'm going to break down as it happens. Okay. Are okay. you ready here? Should, should we read the script? Interesting. No, I mean I've, I've got it all right here. I, I took it down. Here we go. Okay. 
first first initiation, Robert initiates. He pushes Flanagan and says, "You're drunk." Oh, okay. no, no, you you yeah. skipped ahead way too much. No, no, I mean, there's some talking that happens. Yeah, let's, that's let's not break the, down that's the scene. Not, that's not the fight. It's pre-fight. That's well, you can talk all you want. Talking's not illegal. You know what's illegal? Pushing someone. You know what's illegal? Insulting someone's art. That's a good point. Yeah. In the art world, that's What about destroying someone's art? Okay, so here's first question. Before we get into this, Brian, we see him do the great drink swap with uh, one of the floating uh, champagne wrists. The question is, how how many do you think he's had at this point? Because... I mean, he's got he's probably got a high tolerance because he drinks a lot. He does drink a lot. Yeah. I'm going to say he's had five glasses. Which they've probably been here for, let's just say that he is not pacing himself. They're probably still been here at least 45 minutes. Yeah. 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 So she's like working around trying to basically talk to the man of the hour. And she yeah. finally has that wonderful moment when you're talking to Robert Powell, the famous yes. sculptor. Yes. Uh, so then, uh, then Brian Flanagan comes up with this fresh drink, and he says to Bonnie, Bonnie, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> very assertive all of a sudden. Which is, again, failing at his two tasks. Very bad at gophering, very bad at boy toying. Yes. Uh, is there supposed to be a fact that he's like jealous of the fact that Robert Powell is a is just another man she's uh, with a more masculine man that she's talking to i mean i would say more masculine but he possibly could be coded as being homosexual it's not really clear here mm. he, the way he talks is a little bit like catty uh but in any case nah, not really i mean maybe but not 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 overtly by any means haven't got this one party broken yet bonnie okay there's a okay well there's a little of cattiness sure yeah uh, so so then Brian says that, which is just not the right thing to say when your woman is talking to Robert Powell. No, soldier. no. So she does a smart thing and takes away his drink. Yes. Because he shouldn't drink anymore. Yes. And then what does he do? He, he takes, takes her drink. <laughs> and that's when we have the second key line pie. Yeah. Which is... Oh, I wrote it down here. Um, where did I write it down? Well, she says, darling, I think you've go. had enough to drink. I... Uh, and then Robert what says, are we playing musical highballs here? <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's it's not very what, funny. Yeah, musical highballs. They aren't. They're not highballs though. No, they're not. They're champagne glasses. But it's a good line. Yes. <laughs> so then, uh, then Robert jumps in after she says that. Says, "Come on, heel boy, heel." Sure. <laughs> Which is a jerkish thing to it's, say. Yeah. That, I mean, no, he's being a jerk there for but sure. If you're an artist, you're allowed to be a jerk. Yes. That's, that's called artistic license. license. Absolutely. Uh, and he says, come again. <laughs> come again. Come again. Come again. Flanagan. Uh, Finnegan. 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 Come again. <laughs> Which I'll say of all things. I mean, he does not know the art world. If a guy insults you. You're supposed to just kind of laugh it off if you're a, if well, you're no, nobody. You're supposed to insult back, but no, in a if you're more, somebody in a more witty fashion. No, if you're somebody, you sure. do that. If oh, you're an okay. artist, if you're nobody, like you're a money guy, yeah, you kind of laugh it off. And yes, Bonnie, you go, oh, ha, ha, ha. so Bonnie, when she's here, what is her role here? Is she a lover of the arts or is she a patron of the arts or is she an aspiring patron of the arts, working her way up? I mean, I think no. I think she's a straight-up patron of the arts. I mean, she is. I don't think she's no that kind I, I of mean, money. But yeah, I think I no, think I she think, wants to work with, for people who are patrons of the arts. Sure, but I know what. Sure, I mean, but I don't. I mean, certainly, I, it's not as if you know Robert Powell is standing there and she is like in awe of him. It's more you know they're peers. They're having a conversation. I think you know 
She's she respects they his work. They enjoy each other's company. Let's be clear. They enjoy each other's company. She respects his work. He respects her money. Like I think you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and Bonnie knows the rules of the art world in a way that Brian just simply doesn't. He's not party broken yet. I mean, Bonnie is not cool. Is this a party? It's a party movie. No, is this is this event a party? It's a fit. I, it's it's more of a it's a gala. I would it call it more like a of a gala. gala. It's a gala. Yeah, I love galas. Yeah. Okay. Watch this guy check out the the the. Uh, oh, that's great. The paint the uh, sculpture here. Uh, and oh, he's way into it. Oh, he's looking down at it. Very closely. Okay. Just the pleasure. Let's get out of here. Let's get Sorry, out of here. I think you've had enough to drink. Oh. Brian. Bonnie. What are we playing? Musical highballs here? Come on, heel, boy. Heel. Come again? Ooh, haven't got this one party broken yet, have you, Bonnie? Brian, this is Robert Powell. He's the sculptor. Oh. See, these are all words. Oh, and he wipes off his hand before he shakes hands. That's nice. Uh, very urban in orientation. Robert, tell me, how did you get the cockroach to stand still? You're a drunk. Okay, let's talk about this. Yes. So he 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 basically says, "Oh, I like your art," which is the kind of thing you're supposed to say. Yes. Uh, flatter the artist, and then he makes some sort of. You can say anything about it. It's fine. He says it's very urban orientation, which I think is interesting, just because you know it's like it's it's a fun empty phrase to say. Yes. It's funny. Yes. Uh, and then he says. The kind of thing that you're going to set the artist off. How do you get a cockroach to stand still so long? <laughs> and I mean, if I was an artist in that case, I would be furious. Sure, but this is the point where we have a clear bad actor in the situation, which is Robert pushes Flanagan. No, he said that his his artwork resembled a cockroach. That is not okay. You're right. That's illegal. I mean, I'll just say this. One. His art is not representational, and to say that he was trying to imitate a cockroach is a grave insult to his artistic basis, right? Yes. Okay, so definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so so Robert pushes Flanagan, clearly initiating. No, I mean, he, 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 he made the second action. Physically initiated. Flanagan then pushes back. And says, you're ugly. Okay, well, the first thing he says, when Robert pushes him, what does he say? When when Robert pushes Flanagan, he says, you're drunk. He do-, do you hear him saying that? Yeah. I've listened 16 times, and I, I do not hear him say that. Well, I, I wrote it down. Well, I'll say this. I haven't looked at the script. I looked at the script. The script says, you're drunk. Yeah, well, that's what he says. Robert well, pushes Flanagan and says, you're drunk. When I hear him saying this, every time I hear, you're in it, bro. That's not what he says. I can't stop hearing that. <laughs> you're in it, bro. <laughs> uh, and then Flanagan pushes back and says, you're ugly. Sure. And looks so smug after he does so. He's got this cocky... It's fun Because his eyes are red. He's out of it. He has this weird kind of floppy floppy face thing going the on. The flop face. The flop face. Uh, by the way, okay, so uh, one, two questions. Yeah. Is Flanagan drunk? Uh, he's definitely tipsy. I'd say he's drunker than he should be. Yeah. So, and I think that's really drunk is about basically normative standards of what's drunk. If you're drunk and driving, the standard is low because you should not be drinking if yeah. you're in a car. If, if you're, you're drunk a- and looking at art, that's probably okay. No, if you're in an art gallery at a gala, the standard is even lower because you have to be basically on it I and see. sparkling. And he is not sparkling. It's sparkling like the very champagne. That- champagne. Sewage go, <laughs> sewage going sewage in, sewage going in, perfume, and perfume going, coming out because uh, it sprays out like yeah. perfume. 
Uh, perfume going in, sewage coming out. It is that is was that not foreshadowing for what was going to happen in this scene? Yeah, we see no. the sewage coming out. Uh, okay, okay. So second question yeah. is Robert Powell, famous sculptor, ugly? Mm, I, I mean, no. He's, I don't, not, he's crude. Look, he's not a pretty man. He's not. He's. I mean, his his wardrobe is not doing many favors. Sure, but I think he's the kind of guy. His wardrobe who, makes him look overweight, which he doesn't actually seem to be that overweight. He, he he's just like got a, this big billowing. He looks like a construction foreman. He looks like a guy who who just supposed to look like a caveman. He does look kind of caveman-y, Yeah. 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 Uh, so I mean, that's so I'd say I don't think he's an ugly guy. No, which I mean, is like of all comebacks. Well, I mean, he's no Tom Cruise. Sure. So do you think Flanagan says everyone's like, "Hey, you're not as pretty you're, as I am." Exactly. I'm the pretty boy. You're not. That's what. That's the insult. <laughs> it's just kind of funny, though. I mean, it's, and that is kind of his role, though. Yeah. Is that if he had as little talent, as little stick-to-itiveness, and just really basically no integrity, just really nothing to speak highly of for Tom Cruise, uh, Brian Flanagan at all he would have no chance of making it. Imagine mm-hmm. if he wasn't also on top of it a conventionally attractive person. Sure. He would be really struggling this entire movie. Yeah. Brian Flanagan plus ugly, he would just definitely be working for Pat the entire movie. Sure. And it'll be a better movie. I would like It'd be a great movie. Yeah. Uh okay, so then then Robert face punches Flanagan. Wonderfully shot. Bam, right in the face. And this is one of the greatest, you know, basically ways to film, which is you cut on action because it makes things work out incredibly well. Because you can edit down to a fine point, fake with folly work. Uh, you ever like? There's some movies where a person's going to stab somebody, and then you cut on it, and you have a person with like a fake blade sticking out, and it's like it looks like you actually stabbed them because the human sees a cut yeah. and it doesn't look discontinuous. If you yeah. cut on the action, it looks like. Oh wow! They filmed him getting hit in the face in one shot because you—it's f- something weird about the human mind that it's. You very, just fill in the blanks. You just fill in the blanks. Yeah. Here we go. Here it is. Oh, that's so good. Can, can you can you hold this? Now this is great. Flanagan fakes, gets close to him, sucker punches him, face slaps him, and then knees him into the sculpture. Yeah, which is a great sequence of of martial arts moves. I mean, I don't believe in violence, uh, so I think this entire scene, starting with the violent action of Flanagan saying that he was depicting a cockroach, I think is completely out of bounds. Uh, it is. Do, do you hear him saying in the background, like, "Can you hold on to this, please"? Who says that? Flanagan. He goes. He, he goes back after he's punched in the face, and he, this woman standing there says, "Can you hold on to this, please?" <laughs> That's very good. It's very good. Uh, I like that um, after Robert is kicked into the sculpture, he's on the ground clutching his sculpture, and it's like, and he has the most <laughs> pained. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's nice that he actually cares about his artwork. Yes. He's not in it just for the money. He actually cares, and that's nice. Yes. Uh, well, one question I have is, does Robert Powell, famous sculptor, does he, does he tuck his pant legs into his socks? That's a good question. We may f- we may need to follow up on that next time around. I, I didn't have a chance to freeze frame it. Well, uh, we're not going to freeze frame now. We're rolling, so I could open a second one. Nope. Uh, but okay, so we need to probably move along. But move a- along. Okay. Oh, speaking of move along, what? Well, we'll hold. We'll hold on that. Hold. hold. Uh, okay. Question one: Has a crime been committed? Uh, yes. Yeah. What yeah. Is, what is Ro- it Robert 
well, first of all, there's art crime. Yeah. But a non-art crime, an actual crime crime. Sure. Uh, R- Robert pushes Flanagan. No, I mean, just... That is, that is the first that Flanagan is the first came crime. at him, and he came back at him, bro. Okay. Uh, I mean, I would say this, just overall, Flanagan ruined artwork, probably worth $10 million. That's, yeah, that's like a $10 million art piece right there. Yeah. 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 It's called uh, The Urban Cockroach. Yes. Uh, the so, ten million dollar cockroach. And I mean, I I just think that what what happens when you search for most expensive cockroach? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> uh, oh wow, you you get videos. The heaviest and most expensive cockroaches <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, here's an Imgur link. The heaviest and most expensive cockroaches in the world are from Australia. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> what makes them so expensive? Asked someone in the comments. That's what I was wondering too. Wow, those are those are big cockroaches. Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm pretty happy not to see uh, cockroaches. They're big cockroaches. Well, I'm just wanting the expensive part. Like, who's out there buying cockroaches? Um, I think all the uh, famous golfers. Roaches in the world's most expensive dessert. That seems like a different thing. Why are roaches so expensive? Asked someone on Chameleon Forums. I, I always wonder that. Yeah. Uh, we have um, some uh, responses uh, out in the world. Cockroaches in Madagascar uh, are six inches long, fly and scream. And uh, also, what is an art crime? What is a good question. What is an art crime? I would say if you disrespect the integrity of art, it's an art crime. That's art crime. Yeah. That's art so crime. So I think when you say... You know, there's, there's thought crime, there's art crime. So see this right here? How do you feel about this? The man who bought the world's most expensive sculpture revealed... That looks like a mannequin. It's called Man Pointing oh. uh, by Alberto Giacometti. Sold for $141 million. That's a lot for a sculpture. I mean, at least it's a sculpture. I mean, you're getting something 3D versus paintings. Very <laughs> true. You know, 2D. You know, you get a whole additional dimension for your money. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, hey, we learned earlier in the movie sure. art. Art. The more it costs, the the better, better it is. And that's very true here. And that's the bottom line. I mean, this is it's it's weird because you get the kind of semantics of fifties art, both in the music we hear and the art world we see, combined with the eighties aesthetic of mm. this weird glitzy consumption layer. And it's it's a it is a continuing thread through the movie, and it's very fun we see it here. Yes. Okay, so next scene, scene five, outside, Tom, uh, Brian Flanagan yes. seems not to be worried at all about the art crime he committed. No. And he chooses to, apparently for, looks like hours, to sit and crouch outside the exit, right? It's some sort of exit, yeah, I guess nearby. I mean, do you think he was there for a few minutes, or do you think he was there for hours? Well, it, I mean, how how are we to know? I guess I, it, there's not many people around anymore, so that is one sign. I think that's a sign. I think yeah. he waited until everyone else left, and Bonnie, to show she's in control, continued. <laughs> yeah, she's going to enjoy it. Well, do you think the event... I think the event emptied out. I mean, I think a sculpture gets kicked over in the middle of this event. Like, I think the, I think no, the event when, clears out. That's when the party gets started. <laughs> okay. Look, so- I mean, someone gets, like, assaulted in the middle of this thing, and then the... And then this sculpture, I mean, I could see Bonnie's like... Two people making out in the background. There are two people making out in the background. I think Bonnie probably took care of Robert Powell and made sure he was okay and resolved all that and then came out to meet Flanagan and this is then. 
Okay, this I, is immediately after that. I think it's I think it's five minutes later. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he's crouching down for some reason. He's crouching down. He's that well, so that he can look small. Look how small he looks compared to her right now. Yeah, I mean she's on high heels. She's a very imposing figure. Move my stuff out of your place this afternoon. Left a can of spam in the refrigerator. I hope the brewer's yeast doesn't take it personally. Bastard! Amazing. <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brian. Listen, baby. <laughs> baby. I've got an interview set up for tomorrow. Get it! I am not a salesman. I tried to sell out to you, but I couldn't close the deal. Please. I don't want to end it this way. Jesus, everything ends badly. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. It's well delivered, that line. Believe me, Bonnie, you are going to wake up in the morning. Is it? I mean, what does yeah. it mean? What, what does it mean to you? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it means anything. I'm just saying it's well delivered. I think well delivered I like, means I, you get to the essence of it. And you well, I like that he delivers it as this, like... Profoundy? Profound, it, profundity? No, no, it, he delivers it uh, uh, very... Um, otherwise, it wouldn't end. Yeah, like, end. A, like a Frankenstein. Like a Frank... Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, and then the other thing I like there is um, uh, I tried to sell out to you, but I couldn't close the deal. Um, but, I mean, that, that, it sounds like that kind of fits with the overall theme of him becoming a, a businessman, but he doesn't always oh. want to be a salesman. Is it so, you know, he's, well, he says, like, I'm no salesman. I tried to sell out to you, but I couldn't close the deal. Do salesmen try to sell out? Is that what they do? They well, try that's to sell joke. out? He's trying to sell things. He's also trying to sell himself out. I mean, it makes mm, sense. He couldn't it? even sell himself. If he can't sell himself, what can he sell? I and mean, he wants to work and become a rich businessman, but a salesman is not something he wants to be. And he discovered it the hard way. He sells self down by the self store. Self store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he says early, I think words, I think talking is a poor way of, of adjudicating any kind of conflict. And like then that. they proceed to kiss. <laughs> Yes. And then they proceed to talk about spam. Talk about spam. Yep. So, okay. So Brian Flanagan says, I left my spam in your refrigerator after I moved everything that out. That is such a diss. Okay. So okay. can you imagine leaving so, your spam? So we get a reveal here. The reveal is before the sequence, he is actually moved out of her apartment. Yes. Which also is, yes. I do not think I possibly could have picked up on this the first time I watched it. No, I don't. I de- this definitely went over my head the first time I watched it, yeah. I mean, I guess it feels like it's over. He throws the keys. Yeah, but, but you don't realize what the, the mechanics of him having earlier that day spent a bunch of time moving his stuff. And, I mean, now that we're looking back on it, the catalyst for that was maybe him seeing King. Jordan at Jerry's. And she was delivering a cement Danish, and the person she was, like, delivering to was incredibly happy. Yes, and he said, that is happiness. I don't currently have happiness. I am going to pursue happiness. I mean, Jordan, in every scene of Jerry's, just looks just exhilarated to be waitressing. She's she way into it. it. So well, she's much. finally back. She's back in her element. She was in Jamaica. Jamaica was fine and challenging she's in different good ways. Good R&R. Good r And now she is back. She is ready to spin those Danishes. Spin the Danishes. Uh, okay, so what... Okay, describe what the point is in the line. I left my spam in your refrigerator. I hope you don't mind if it affects your uh what i hope say? the brewer's yeast yes. doesn't take offense yes yeah 
So that means, I guess, is brewer's yeast, is that like a health thing? It's a health thing. I looked it up. Uh, this was something, if you look up like the engram of it, of like how often it was used. Yeah. Uh, here is brewer's yeast. You can oh, see was it, it a big 80s thing? It was peaked around 1981. Ah, uh, okay. Big 80s, yeah. 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 So it's just like a health thing. Health thing in the 80s. Yeah, you can still see it in all these like health stuff. So is the point there, like, inside of your apartment, I can't be a real man. I have to be this dainty 80s man. But uh, now, now I'm getting back at you. I'm not only going to be eating spam all the time, but I'm like leaving it in your place just to show you who's boss. It's amazing. I mean, is does it seem like Brian Flanagan would love spam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably eats spam, pizza, and uh, red eyes. That's his daily daily diet. I, I mean, I would like to see a scene where he actually eats spam. A spam scene. I'd like to see a spam scene. There, that might be a deleted scene. This, they call it the spam scene. Do you think he was possibly in Hawaii for the uh, for his time in the military? Was he stationed in Pearl Harbor? Spam Central. I mean, is that possible? It's possible. I think it's likely. Okay. Sure. Okay, so this scene right here, we see in the background... Uh, I think I, there are places where people eat spam that are not Hawaii. I mean, granted, Hawaii is a very large consumer of spam. I'm pretty sure it's the only place. Okay. Uh, in the background, on the marquee, we see uh, Bogart Bergman, Casablanca. Yep, classic. I mean, so do you think that this scene is supposed to echo the famous last scene of Casablanca? Po- possibly. I have not seen Casablanca. How do you not see Casablanca? I saw the first half hour of Casablanca. You know, you you have the ability to watch Casablanca as soon as you reach your 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 couch. I don't know if I want to watch Casablanca. You probably want to watch Casablanca. It's a long movie. It's you should watch Casablanca. It's a long movie. It's a. I watched the first half an hour when I was young, and impressionable, and naive, and naive drinking cheap cheap Lambrusco wine in the Giancola Hills, overlooking overlooking Rome. Rome. Love and that memory. love that memory, and and I did not watch any more. That's too bad. Uh, so I mean, the movie is largely about self-sacrifice. He gives up the love of his life to serve the war effort, mm. and you know, and sh- she goes off in the airplane, and he stands on this dark, kind of shiny, shiny tarmac, uh, and this just like uh, Brian Flanagan. Do you think the idea that Bonnie? was the love of his life, but he let her go because he knew it was better for the world. No. I think that's exactly what we're supposed that, to be. Nope, there. that's not that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, now we have the last scene. And he goes back he to the go, 1950s. Goes back to Jerry's. Uh, yeah, I mean, so... And we get Rayvon playing. Rayvon. Song of the app. You know the song? I know the song. Do you know the song? Yeah, it's John Mellencamp's Rayvon. Written by... Written by John Mellencamp. Oh. No. No. Writ- <laughs> written by um, Ravon, Ravon. Written by John Ravon. John, John no, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's the what? song? What, what, what? I just want to see if I can cue this up. Oh, well. I just want to see if I can cue this up, but perhaps I can't. You can't. Uh, it's Don't buddy, even try. It's a Buddy Holly song. Buddy Holly, of course it's a 50s song. All of these awful songs in the movies are awful versions of good <laughs> songs in the 1950s. And this is just one of... Because the beginning of Ravon... I mean, let's just let's just play a little bit of it uh, because it's good. So this is going down. Cover me for a second. Oops. And now here is... No, let's skip that. that. Well done. Well, well done. Guess what? 
Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it, it, hell, the little things you say and do make me want to be with you. What a wonderful... That's nice. That is nice. Is, is that nice? Yeah, that is nice. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, it's, yeah. it's good. That was a perfect rendition. Yeah. Uh, but John Mellencamp blows. Just awful version. Very bad. Uh, okay, so he's back in this weird Urzatz 50s. It's it's a 50s diner in the 80s yep. with bad 80s version of 50s songs. I yep. mean, this is just... I don't... It's a weird... It's, it can only be intentional. I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't create that ambiance without it being very intentional. Every scene. It's weird. It's... Yeah. It's amazing. And he uh, gets a menu. He does. He gets a menu and then he hides behind it. Sure. And then we have a cliffhanger ending. It's like... are the, is, What's he going to order? What's he going to order? The famous, exactly. The famous yep. cement Danish? Yes. I... Yep, with but with a side of uh, Jordan, with a side of concrete. Okay. Uh, okay. So, question for you. Yes. Answer for you. Would you say the key part of this scene is the fact that the artwork is urban, and they're living, and the whole scene is basically about the it's about, it's about yeah. the economies of of urban places. It's, it's about, not. It's about who owns half of Manhattan. It's not. It's about how most of the wealth. Is concentrated in the eastern half of Manhattan. Don't think that's what it's about. I think I think it is. Okay. This whole movie is about urban economics. Don't think that's the case. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just just pointing that out. I think that's I think it's the subtext you're supposed to read into it. Okay, I think it's time for drink of the app. Uh, where's my Where's my turntable? There it is. Oh, okay, okay. So, so wow. So this record, wow. So they actually, so they, all the song, all the tracks are listed, right? I went to great pains to cue this up before the show. All the tracks are listed. The track at the top appears to have been Rave On, but now I notice there's actually another track up at the tippy top. Yeah. Separated but, from all the other tracks. Above the fold. And that's Kokomo. So so stand by, stand by, because we're going to correct this. Just fill some time for me. How about you just play Kokomo at 78 until it gets to Raybon? Uh, okay, much better idea. Here, here we are. Okay, so this is... Uh, take it down a bit. Let's talk. This is Drink of the Up. This is great. <laughs> this is good back uh, this music is where we, Drink of the Up. This is where we write uh, uh, an original cocktail to basically capture the soul, the essence of these five minutes of cocktail. Uh, so, okay. What do you think? I am thinking, I actually already thought of, I mean, the, the... No, don't do prep work. What? No, I mean, in my mind. In my mind. I don't do, use your mind. Well, I can do prep work in my mind. You can't do prep okay. work. Okay. Here's what, I, I mean, art fight. Okay, art fight. Okay. I mean, we already have a drink called Fight on the Beach. Oh wow, that was that went quick. I don't like Man, all this violence. You go on, you want thirty seventy eight. Here we go. Very bad. This is also an original opening. Even my original grandma said you made me All right, welcome to Drink of the App, where we invent a drink. It captures the mood of this episode. I think we might want to call it Ravon. Okay. This opening is so awful. Like, look at the original. This is 
basically the same thing repeated four times. Just so, I mean, a oh, Buddy Holly... but it kicks into a, this. A Buddy Holly song has no wasted material. I know, it does. It gets right into it. But this, listen to this. Get that, get that... What is that, an accordion? Harmonica? Zydeco. Zydeco? It's a Zydeco? Yeah. That's not an instrument. Okay, I think that's enough of Rayvon. No, it's our backing music. A little bit low, a little bit lower in the mix. Okay. There we go. All right. Drink of the app. Okay, drink of the app. Drink so have, of the app. Okay, what do you think this five minutes is really about? It's about dissolution. Can you please take it Okay, down? but it's a little I it's really quiet. hate it's quiet. that it's so quiet. much. It's quiet. Uh, okay, so what do you think these five minutes are about? These five minutes are about art fight. They're about dissolution. I mean, okay, so when he goes back and says, <laughs> things end badly, we also don't end. The point of that is basically saying, things <laughs> need to end. I think that... That exchange there actually perfectly captures our different what we bring to to film analysis, which is for me this captured art fight, for you this captured disillusionment. I mean, the, d- not disillusionment, just disillusion. Disillusion. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so they they severed the relationship, Bonnie and Flanagan. Yep. And he says, if things didn't end badly, they wouldn't end. The subtext there, or just the in, the, the implied uh, the impl- the implication there is simply that. This needs to end. Yeah. And, Paradise and, lost. And if it needs to end badly, so be it. It just needs to end. Uh, and the question is, why does it need to end? Because it never should have started? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was It was bad from the beginning. But, I mean, could things have ended well? Could they have, like, one cool night and then they, they, they leave it? They go play skee-ball? Yeah, they could. Well, they yeah, they could have... They could have parted on more amicable terms. That def- I mean, people definitely do that. I mean, you know, not every relationship ends like that, with them like slapping each other and getting angry. What's happening now? It's an Don't race. do that. Don't do that. Do not do that. Take it down a bit, and I'll do take this do down that. a bit. It's almost over. I mean, this is the last line. I okay, thought, okay, there's only one more line. Take it down. I mean, it's really, we're really close. All right. All right, we're done. Okay, good. It's off. You get the cockroach See? It's over. Uh, okay, that has been Drink of the App. Okay. Oh, that's such a good one, though. Oh, this whole soundtrack is genius. It's awful, All right. awful so, music. So, okay. So, so uh, these five minutes. I, so what about something about urban? Ur, I mean, you know, ur, like, I, mean I do like the fact that this, this, this touches on the art scene. I mean, let's talk about the yeah. thematic part of these five minutes. It is about pretension. It's about the art world. It is about basically the fact that you can't really put up with this false face you have for the world. Uh, every, everyone here, like Bonnie is someone who is able to go in... Uh, and gab and, and kind of just do these kind of fakey things. And Flanagan is more real than that. So should this be about the false face or should it be about the fact that it's real? And false real? face. The false, false face. False face. Um, I think it's about... Uh, I think it is about... There's heavy artifice everywhere here. And if there's one person who's real, like Robert Powell. I think really... it's Rob- the Robert Powell. I think we concoct a drink <laughs> that represents Robert Powell. 
I, I mean, I think maybe let's go to Robert Powell. He doesn't have a drink name, unlike Tony no. Scaduto. <laughs> the Tony Scaduto is a really good I'm drink. I'm looking forward to that. I know. <laughs> no, no. We're not going to name it after him. Yeah. But I think we're going to, we are going to create a drink that represents him. The kind of drink he would make. The kind of drink he would make. So it's like 80s, high, Urzatz, 50s. Yes. Yes. So, so start with Cockroach. Pims. Okay. Okay. So let's just say, like, if you're Robert Powell. Yes. How would you put together your drink? Start with Pims. You you want to upset people. Yes, Pims. So Pims, okay. Pims, number one. Uh, what about number four? I like that one a little bit more. Number one. Okay, number one. Pims, number one. So you're having a heavy, uh, bitter, astringent. Yes. Yes. And you're combining that with? Uh, what about like just like you burn toast and then you like crumple up the uh, the charcoal into no. it? No. No, no. What would be like urban stuff? Like what would be urban? Like uh, like soot? No. Uh, smoke. Liquid smoke. Oh, liquid smoke. Liquid That's... smoke. <laughs> liquid smoke is good. Pims uh, and liquid smoke. Okay. I don't good really know start. how much liquid smoke because a little Not bit. Not a lot. A long way. Yeah, you really. Wait, can you drink liquid smoke? Well, you eat it. And one. Wait. Do you? Yeah, liquid smoke is what you put in, like, barbecue. Oh, to make it- yeah, yeah, okay. I was confusing that with the stuff that you put in model trains that makes smoke come out the top. It's a thing, like, catering places do to make things taste like better barbecue than it is. Model train smoke. Hmm. Very different. Yeah, we don't want to put any model train, model railroad smoke in this. If you Ooh, got- JT's Mega Steam Smoke Fluid. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so liquid smoke. Sure. Love it. Love it. If you go to our fa- uh, our favorite place to buy uh, circus goods, you can buy a lot of liquid smoke. Oh, I bet. Like, look at this. This is what it's like. Uh, it says, cure bacon, flavor jerky and tofu, or uses a marinade to capture the smoky flavor of outdoor grilling. Uh, so, I, I think a little bit goes a long way, but I would say liquid smoke, should we, should we uh, basically punt and say to taste or something? Did these flip? Uh, it's it's all the same. Uh, okay. It, it was the second one, but yeah, it's fine. Now it's the first. Now it's the first. It? Uh, so yeah. Um. Uh. Sorry. Uh. Should we estimate like a teaspoon, or should we say like let's actually taste it later and then update it? Because I don't know if it like would be like a teaspoon is fifty times too much. No, I mean I think we should say to taste. To taste. Liquid smoke to taste. Uh, to taste. And uh, to gauge, uh, to taste and to gauge, it should be barely uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> liquid smoke be liquid smoke to taste. It should be barely uncomfortable. That's a weird. I mean, no, it, you it, don't put that in a drink recipe. Well, it should be too much, but only slightly too much. To taste, no, but that's not in a drink thing. To taste dash slightly too much. You don't, but you don't. You don't say uncomfortable in a drink description. You would never. You don't write a drink description. Robert as, Powell would. No, Robert Powell is. Maybe there's discomfort underneath the surface, but sure. on the surface things are smooth mm. and urban. But to taste would be not too much. No, to taste dash. Okay, what about this? Past to taste. Past to taste. Yes, past to taste. Okay, That's, that, okay. That is so we got Pim's liquid smoke. What's our what's our uh, what's our base alcohol? Uh, what's Robert Powell's? I think he's a gin man. I think he's a. Uh, I think he's a. I 
think he's a uh, bourbon man. Bourbon, bourbon, yeah. absolutely bourbon. Yeah, but, um, but too little, like one ounce. One and a half ounces bourbon. I think it's small. Okay, an ounce of bourbon. All I right, think it's that's small. fine. That's fine. Bourbon one, one ounce. One ounce pims. One ounce pims. Yeah, one ounce bourbon. Some an uncomfortable amount of liquid smoke. Um, yeah. and then uh, an olive. No, that's that's what your grandpa would have. Okay. Uh, what about a cocktail onion? N- not a cocktail onion. Uh, what about what about bacon? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Bacon. Strip of bacon. Have that urban thing. Yeah, cooked bacon. Strip of cooked bacon. Cooked yeah. bacon. <laughs> not uh, raw an, bacon. You no, know, an egg. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm just not feeling it. No. Uh, some Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think it should be something about '80s glitz. A little ooh, bit of a that. little little flavor of '80s glitz. A little, um, a little grenadine. What like a sour patch kid? A, a sour patch? No, that doesn't fit with this. No, uh, uh, an atomic fireball. I mean, something that's like kind of neon. Neon, an airhead. No, it's artsy. Is it? I don't what, what's the artsiest candy? Um, I would say Tums. No, that's illegal. What the person just said <laughs> in, in this over here. I actually, I do. Ooh, I do actually like that. Having some sort of uh, yeah, antacid, just around the edge. We're not gonna put an antacid in our drink. Yeah, that's actually a good suggestion. Pop, no, and, pop rocks. That's pop what, rocks. That does sound pretty good. Yeah, that would oh, add actually, some eighties. Actually, yeah, yeah, pop rocks. Absolutely, pop rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Because it sparkles like champagne. Yes. And then, okay. and yeah. it will kill you like uh, Brian Flanagan's punch. Yes. Okay, Pop Rocks. Yeah, uh, um, one, one package. Y- okay. <laughs> this is, I, I think this is actually probably about right. Will the Pop Rocks pre-pop? What do you mean they pre-pop? Will they pre, I mean, are they still, are they going to lose their poppiness if they we put them in the drink? Like, do we need an insulation layer? I mean, they pop when they get into any sort of, of liquid, which will happen immediately. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the drink's going to kind of explode before your mouth. I mean, it will kill you, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and they also, I mean, they represent that, you know, things falling apart. Yes. The center yeah. can't hold. Yes. this Stay gold. Yeah. Robert, uh, Robert uh, Powell. We're not uh, uh, cheap Lambrusco. Cheap Lambrusco. No, no. Cheap okay. Lambrusco. No, more like. Uh, okay, Pims this- number one. Liquids. This may be complete. I think it's complete. Okay. Run- okay. I and mean, we just got to name it. Uh, um, oh, that's true. Ur- urban artist. Ur- well, urban. The line was the urban. Uh, what, what do you say? Urban about? in orientation. <laughs> I like orientation. Or uh, the artist's orientation. Uh, the artist. The ur- the um, art fight. Art fight. Um, or- oriented. Or- orientation. Spark- sparkling. What about art world orientation? Art world orientation. That's pretty good. It uh, sounds about right. That sounds like art. A drink. Art world orientation. Art. Fine art orientation. It's not fine art. Fine art's old. Okay. Uh. Um. Something art else. Scene. Art scene. No. Art, art world is better. Uh, but yeah. I feel like something art might might have a little more of a ring to it if it was like urban art orient. Modern, urban modern art. Urban art orientation. Urban art orientation. Uh, I, th- I like modern art better because Mo- modern art is more of a known quantity. Modern art orientation? No, nah, I think you're right. Art, art. Well, art world feels. 
I, I do feel art world orientation art world, is, is a better cocktail. Term. Art world orientation. I think so. Art scene orientation? Art. Art. Okay. At the same time, we you say art scene orientation. I say art world orientation. Yes. And, and we, we see which way one. listeners tip, tip their head. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. Art, art world scene orientation. orientation. I think art world orientation. I th- okay, well, let's take a vote, okay? Sure. Okay, all in favor of art world orientation, art scene orientation first. All in favor of art scene orientation. Three, two, one. Aye. Everyone clap if, okay. you, if you support that. Okay. okay, all in favor of art world orientation. Three, two, one. Interesting. Oh, That's five art world wins. Wow, yeah. okay. No, okay, art world orientation it is. I mean, I think it's like, yeah, you're orienting the world. Not a scene, you just kind of waddle in, waddle out of. Yeah. Art gallery orient... Art... Gala? Art ga- art gala orientation. Gala or... I, I hate saying gala, though. Uh, ga- gala. Yeah. Okay, art world orientation. Um, art... I, I, it's, we're not, like, incredibly happy. We're close, no, though. No, we're close. Art... Art... Art gala... Art art scene art party what about new art orientation new art orientation i think that might be better it's like new student orientation yes new new art art, well new art orientation art modern art orientation no because modern art means 50s art new art sounds like a weird spin on it in the same way that this is um rapid art education uh that's pretty funny though art New okay. Oh, what do we have? Art scene? No, art world orientation. I think we're not hitting the price. I think uh, yeah, good. I think we're there. Okay, okay. art world orientation. That's a fine. Okay, let's run down what it is. What is it's it? It's going to be one ounce bourbon. Uh, should it be like mid grade? It can be whatever, whatever you feel like. Mid grade? Mi- uh, like mid grade bourbon? It can be whatever you feel. Yeah, like. any bourbon. Yeah, I mean, any use, artsy bourbon. Use your well. Use your yeah. You find an artist. Ask them what the, what bourbon they What's like. What's in their well? Uh, Pims number one, one ounce. Mm-hmm. A liquid smoke. Possibly one teaspoon, but in any case... An uncomfortable amount. An uncomfortable amount. Uh, One strip of bacon uh, cooked. Yep. Uh, It should be kind of like maple-y, right? Yeah, maple bacon. Maple bacon. Yeah. Maple-y. Maple-y bacon. Uh, And then one package of Pop Rocks. One package Pop Rocks. That is the art world orientation. Orientation. All right. We have only one thing left to do. We have a couple things left to do. Do we? Oh, well, we... Uh, yeah, okay, we have a couple things left to do. But I'm hearing the sound of flare bounding over our heads. I am hearing the sound of flare you know what it's in th- the air. Wow, that's like the sound of a flare bartender. This, this flare's got some birds attached to it. Okay, flare in the air. This is where we rate these five minutes, this movie, up until this point, this movie as a whole as a whole. We have to rate it on a one-to-five-star scale. No half-stars, no take-backs... Mean, median, mode, 2.5. Normal distributions. Normal distribution. Bell curve. We're great on the bell curve. Yeah. We're going to first say movie as a whole as a whole. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Four, four stars. And a half st- four and a half stars. You said five and a half stars? I said five and less of one okay. half star, meaning four and a half stars. I said four stars. I say four and a half stars. Four, okay. Okay. It's starting to fade. I mean, it feels more kind of conventional. Okay. It's a sight gag. Movie as a whole up until this point. Three, Three, a two, a one, one, a four five stars. stars. Five stars. I mean, this is good. It's I mean, good. It's, it's it's there's something special about it's this. Good. Okay, 
Uh, bees, five minutes. Sure. A three, three a two, two, a one. one. Four, four stars. stars. Four stars is about right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think we're going to pat out a lot of low at the end. Yeah, but it's 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 good. There's a I lot mean, of good we, stuff we here. We expected a lot of badness to be so far. And there's been very little. There's been very little. So we expect the last half hour... To be atrocious. To be awful. But we might... Because, uh, I mean, right now, there's basically... Some more Coglining and some Jordan and Planigany. I'm looking but, but forward like, to that. I'm mean, looking forward to the Coglin. I mean, the Jordan stuff is all perfunctory. Yeah. It's never been good. No. The Coglin stuff is great. It's good on a meta-referential level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, did we pick apart the theme of this uh, of, of the movie enough in this episode? If I were, were we too superficial? I mean, superficial like the art lovers of New York? Sure. I mean, I think this show should probably be four hours per episode. I think two hours does it doesn't insult. If we had one more hour to pick it apart, I think we'd really go places. But as it is, that's we only... what we we have the time we have. We used it for what we used it. Yeah. We analyzed these five minutes. That's been flare in the air. Okay, we're back. Well done. Uh, okay, and what other business we got to take care of? Uh, if you you want to contact us, well, we're 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 ahead of time here. We've got all I'll, sorts of I'll time. I'll ask you a question after you play the contact. Uh, okay. Well, th- let's let's tell people how to contact us, shall we? Sure. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Get set and go. Wow, that's that's becoming more and more of a mess. I mean, I could task you. Task me? I mean, you could you could use. I mean, I you are an audiophile. I like the fine audio. I mean, you if you really want to master that, do you think if you actually were like trying to be an audiophile, it would yeah. still sound crisp right now? A, a remastered, yeah, THX, uh, a THX level uh, of our contact info. So here's a question for you. Yes, and here's an answer for you. Alan, we have to talk about this seriously. By this, I mean the movie Cocktail. Yes. Do you agree with that, or do you think that talk is an overrated... Uh, talk talk is, is an overrated form of communication. Of resolving of disputes. resolving disputes. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, 100%. I mean, do you think it should, we should shut down talking about the movie Cocktail and start doing action about the movie Cocktail? Yes. I'll stick with the brew. I'll stick with the brew. Cocktails, darling. Well, maybe some fruit cocktail then. <laughs> 